Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited to have you here with us. Um, I'm here with the one, the only, the woman who has married my brother. Uh, she secured the bag. Uh, and the girl who is more than her accent. Aww. Hannah is here. Hannah West Manfredi. Yes, Manfredi. I've ditched the West. Oh, you just you ditched it. It's I'm not like your middle name or something. Manfredi. Whoa. Can be more excited. So Italian. So <laughs> Italian now. Yes, but your accent does not give way to that last name, unfortunately. No. Unfo- just sort of keep it as a surprise. I feel like there's quite a few things around the office that we say that you say. Like you'll say a sentence, Hannah. And oh, you then, mean like making fun of my y- accent? Yeah. Well, yeah, like, no, you comp- guys do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, Sue has had many HR complaints filed from Hannah, but no, nah, we're just kidding. We're just playing. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, but a few of the things that you say, like you'll say, sure, sure. sure. And then when we're bowling, you'll be like, go on, go on. Go on. Go on. And that's like an encouraging it's thing. It's an encouragement. Like, go on. You got this. Yeah. You go, go on. Go on, Jay. <laughs> and when you hear Hannah talk, you just can't help but like want to say it back because it sounds, sounds really good. Hmm. Yeah. So anyways, this is not a podcast about all the things that Hannah says or how it she talks. It could be. It, ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> we'll put that in the back pocket. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll record that one after this. Let's just ditch the text lab for today. Okay, <laughs> this is not a podcast about Hannah's accent as much yeah. as it's going to be in this podcast. This is the text lab though. So every single week, the text lab is where we do a deep dive into the text to help you prepare for your life group this week. And our goal is simple is to help you be a disciple who makes disciples. So whether you're leading a life group or you're just trying to uh, get deep on your own, we hope the text lab helps you have a meaningful study, reflection, and conversation about what God has said in his word. Hannah, you want to take us through Romans 6, 20 to 23? Yes, let's dive right. right in, starting at verse 20. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So good. Dang. I absolutely love that passage and what it's saying. Um, But just give a little bit of a recap of what Paul is saying um, to the saints in Rome. So yeah, author is Paul. Um, He's writing to the saints in Rome and he's never been there before. Um, But they've probably heard of him uh, since he has been doing this missionally for around 15 years after his conversion. Um, Even though Paul has never once visited Rome, he does address 26 people by name, which Mm. makes this letter super, super personal Um, and even just that much more meaningful. Um, One important note for our three verses today is the fact that Paul is writing to some Christians who were actually enslaved. So Mm -hmm. he's talking about slavery to slaves. Um, And being one of those people in Rome, I couldn't really imagine someone writing and using a metaphor about slavery as I am presently a slave. So that's quite interesting to think about mm. as we read this passage. Um, Jake, you want to take us some through his intentions? Yeah, for sure. And that's so good to understand before like diving into intent and like trying to exegete the text in any fashion. Like understanding Paul and understanding who he is uh, is really vital to understanding his his message. So thank you for taking us there. 
Okay, let's get into it. We're answering this question for author's intent. Uh, Answering the question of what is the author, Paul, trying to explain to his audience? Two weeks ago, my friend Will and I, uh, we talked about the idea of reorienting the idea of slavery and identifying ourselves as slaves to God rather than slaves to sin. It says we have been set free from sin. And so now we have this righteousness and that is where true joy actually uh, lies. So this week, Paul uh, from Hannah and I, we're going to be talking about how Paul is expanding on the idea of slavery and giving us actual reasons for why living as slaves to righteousness is much better for us, right? Like there's actually more joy in living the way that God has designed us to live. And Paul's going to give us a couple of reasons, which I think are really compelling, uh, which I guess is through the Holy Spirit to us that are compelling to why we should live the way that God has designed us to live. Um, the first point that he argues in telling his audiences from what Hannah was talking about before, which is about slavery. He's talking about uh, asking this rhetorical question almost of like, what were the fruits of you actually living the way that you did before? What were the fruits of you living uh, in a greedy way, living uh, just to please your your flesh, to please your desires? What were the where did those lead? Uh, and the rhetorical question here is like they led to death, they led to nowhere, they led to unhappiness, they led to that god sized gap that each of us feel in our hearts of like no, there's something more out there. I'm actually searching for joy in this like kind of perverted fashion here, uh, doing it in a way that does not actually lead me and is not actually the way that God has designed it to be. And then he goes on to top it off by reminding his audience that this life. This option from, uh, from God, from what Jesus has accomplished, is actually free. Yeah. I wrote that in all caps, Hannah. <laughs> I wrote that in all caps. Because that is primary to Christianity's worldview, right? It's primary to understanding who Jesus is and what this gift is. We couldn't earn it. We don't deserve it. If we could deserve it, we, we, what we actually deserve is the wrath of God. What we deserve is to be nailed to a cross. We deserve eternal separation from there. And that's a hard pill to swallow, but it, it makes sense as we look at our own depravity, which we will get into later as we talk about our personal, um, our personal conviction with this text as well. I know that hit me this week. So that's the, that's the part that Paul is um, ending with, which is so sweet, just that this gift is free. And the idea of free brings me somewhere else, Hannah. Mm. You know what it brings me to? If you don't know Hannah, uh, welcome. Here's Hannah. Uh, (laughs) She has recently married my brother, uh, Sam. Yeah. Uh, The 20-year-old, not the 17-year-old. That'd be super weird. Um, She is married to my brother and we attended her wedding. What was it? Like a month and a half ago? Yeah. Month and a half ago. Yeah. So I have lots of experience. Um, that's so a separate much. podcast, Hannah's marriage <laughs> advice. Yeah, <laughs> Marital <laughs> advice from Hannah. Hey, you have more advice than I do to give. That is so true. So that. we're actually going to make it a thing. There's um, that. But what this uh, idea brought me to was thinking like, man, Hannah understands the value of a free gift. Okay. <laughs> Hannah understands how much free stuff is so needed because like you were telling me, oh my gosh, I need free stuff. It, food is so expensive. We went it's to Costco so and you spent way more than you thought you were going to spend. Maybe Hannah, you could just tell us about the struggles in life that you're facing right now. Hundreds of dollars on one grocery trip for two people. Two people. Although <laughs> Sam is like six, 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 six. So he counts as two people. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, food, um, utilities, I didn't have to pay for that before, but now yeah. I do. And now as much do. as I absolutely love being married to Sam, 
It is so expensive. Dang. Furnishing a house. Do you know how much a couch is? Way more than you think it would be. Really? It's so expensive. But um, Yeah, all I do is sit on them. I don't think about that. <laughs> but what is it pointed towards? A TV. A TV is also very Whoa. expensive. That's pretty deep. Um, yeah, but even like, yeah, you have to pay for so much stuff. Um, but you also, like, I was surrounded by so many people who absolutely... Um, like loved and supported me and Sam throughout mm-hmm. this whole process, and it didn't just stop our, at the wedding. Like That's it, cool. we um had people like moving in our couch. Like my father-in-law is at my house right now installing an AC unit. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Go, Dad. It's um, <laughs> that sort of like love and compassion that people just want to freely give. Um, mm. that just makes us feel so loved and so blessed. So if you want to continue loving Hannah, Venmo in the description below. <laughs> <laughs> we, if you have any cash laying around, like you could throw that there away. I'd also look, no, yeah, we love you guys. Uh, and please don't actually Venmo Hannah. Um, that, yeah. That'd be kind of weird. But so from here, we're going to dive back into the text because that was a great, great caveat to, <laughs> to just whip around on. So right now I'd love to dive into some of these gospel implications after Mm. understanding the free gift that God has given us and how great a free gift is. Hannah, do you want to answer this question? It's just asking, what does this tell us about God? What does this uh, tell us about who Christ is and point us to our need for him? Yeah. So what are those gospel implications? Um, One of the truths that I absolutely loved and want to expand, um, is the fact that God has created us with free will. Um, He has created us with the option to love him or not. He Mm. doesn't demand that um, steadfast faith. He doesn't demand love from us. Um, And along with that, even though um, a lot of people choose to stray away from that, or even as like myself, like, as a Christian, I fall short of that mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But one thing that is so incredibly amazing is that God's always steadfast. He never wavers. He mm. is so patient with us. Um, even when we throw him off the throne of our hearts, like time and time again, whether we um, replace his rightful seat with idols, family, money, um, the things that we don't have, um, like he's so patient with us and he loves us so much. And what Paul is saying is that the fruit of pushing God off the throne of our heart will lead to death. Mm. Um, and, but allowing God to lead our lives actually produces the fruit that leads to eternal life. And all of that is a choice. Um, and God is saying, like offering us this completely free gift mm. saying, this is like what I know is best for you. It's your choice, whether you want it or not. But if you do accept it, you don't even know what's coming next. Yeah. Like the fruit that comes from eternal life is just, it's without words, honestly. Like it's hard to fit into a 10 minute podcast, yeah. the goodness of God. Cause that's just its own subject that could, we could yeah. dwell on for hours, but yeah, God and is so good. That's exactly what Paul's trying to describe to his audience. That's why like the word of God is life giving because we read these words and we're like, we're reminded of the riches of the fullness of the glory of, of Christ. Um, and so, I love what you're saying. Like there's a theme, uh, a doctrine of who God is in his creation is he gives us free will. And that's part of our Imago Dei, right? Like we're created in the image of God. And part of who God is, is God has free will. 
He's free to make decisions. He's free to say, I want to make animals. I want to make the earth. I want to speak these things into existence. And what's interesting is us being the Imago Dei, the image of God, is he gives us little pieces of himself, little uh, glimpses, glimmers of who his character is. And we get that we get that opportunity to say, no, I have free will too. Uh, there's a, a type of sovereignty that we have as well because God has that also. Um, and one of the things that was really beautiful to me about who God is, is when we do like kick him off the throne of our heart, Drew often uses, as I'm sure you guys know, this uh, rickety uh, stool that makes a ton of noise when we bring it off and on stage. He uses that as the throne of our heart, an image of that. And so um, he is trying to say, okay, what are the things you're putting on the throne of your heart? Because what you put there will be where you... um, where your desires are led to. So the desires will lead us to actions. And so whatever we put on the throne of our heart is where, uh, where our heart will lie. And so what he's saying is, is Jesus sitting on that throne? Is Jesus the one in his rightful spot on the throne of our heart? Uh, and Hannah, I love what you're saying because you're saying, yeah, we kick, we kick him off so frequently. Like second by second, I'm going by and I'm like, oh man, oh, I did it again. Or like, oh, I was, I was forgetful uh, of God, of his faithfulness to me. But the beautiful thing about who God is, is that he is constantly pursuing us. He is constantly chasing after us. I think of the prodigal son. Like God allows us, he gives us the free will of what you're talking about to turn from him, to say, no, actually, I don't want you, God. I'm going to go pursue whatever with the, <laughs> the money that you give me, right? <laughs> but as soon as that prodigal son starts to return, what, is the, what does the father do? He runs towards him. And running was like a shameful act for a father to do in their, in their time. You don't run because you have to hike up your skirt and you show your knees, you show your shins. And that was like a shameful thing in their day. But he ran to him and he uh, slaughtered the fattened calf. He gave him the ring. He gave him the shoes and the, and the cloak. Uh, and that's exactly what God does. How good is it that that is the God that, that we worship? That, yeah, we turn from him. We knock him off the throne of our heart, but uh, he pursues us. And I was reminded of James 4, 8 from this. And it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. How much will he pursue us, Hannah? How much will he pursue us? He was willing to pursue us as far as 39 slashes from a whip that was laced with glass and bone. He was willing to pursue us uh, all the way up to getting nailed to a cross through, through, his, um, through his nerve endings and through his feet and then suffocating upon a cross for us. This is who we get to represent. Life group leaders, this is who you get to represent this week as we see who Jesus is. You get to re- represent this person, this God who was willing to be put upon a cross for us and run towards us, uh, taking away shame, killing the hostility between us uh, and God. And so First Peter tells us that we now, we as Christians, post-resurrection, uh, we get to be administers of God's grace to those around us. And this takes us perfectly into our final section of what does this look like in our lives and in our town now? Hannah, you want to take us through our town? Yeah, like perhaps the most um, important part of this podcast is like, this is so, so important Mm. of this scripture, but how does it affect us? And more on that, how can we use this to affect other people in life? How Mm. can we be living proof of a loving God? Yeah. so life group leaders, we challenge you this week to give your group space to open up about things that they might have um, like on the throne of their hearts that's taking the place of God. Um, mm. And 
I think it's so great when you yourself are able to share that testimony as mm-hmm. well. Um, <clears throat> you may preface this with acceptance, um, like in Romans 8, 1, where it says the truth that in truth, there is no condemnation nor guilt since we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And how good is that verse? Yeah. Um, cause acceptance and grace is like sunlight and water for a plant. Like it's so necessary for growth. And that's a good analogy. I know. Whoa, thank that's you. crazy. Yeah. I definitely wrote it myself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, and it's freely given. Yeah. That's what's so cool. And another thing to draw away from this verse that like I um, took away from it was in verse 21, where it says, but what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? Paul is trying to teach us such a valuable lesson. Mm. Um, and I really like this verse, especially like in the last like two words, he says, now ashamed, as if to say beforehand, um, like they knew what they were doing and they whether they knew it was bearing fruit or not um they either knew that it wasn't good that it wasn't fruitful or they just didn't care yeah um and i've definitely been there before oh, like this preach, is not sister. coming Come from on. a place of judgment <laughs> i am a sinner yeah. <laughs> surprise surprise yeah um like for me before i came to vintage grace um I grew up in a Christian household. Mum was a pastor. Dad worked at a church. And as amazing and like loving of an environment that was, it got really easy to just sort of like be like, oh yeah, I'm Christian. Like this is the way things are. This Uh is life. Um, You pray for people. You say grace. You say, okay, thank you God for this day. Good night. Um, (laughs) Like that's, um, and as I grew up, I sort of like, started pushing got off the throne in my heart but the worst part was that i didn't realize it i didn't Mm. know what i was doing um i wasn't ashamed of any of the things that i doing because i didn't realize that they were wrong Uh and it wasn't until i met my now husband your brother um and started coming to vg that that deep personal relationship actually Mm. started um and that i actually saw the fruit that came from it and it was that like aha moment of being like oh that's what God was doing. Yeah. Um, and the coolest part about all of that, about that journey was that God was so patient throughout mm. all of it. Like even like I was completely ignorant and like just in bliss of being like, yeah, this is life. I'm just like living my own life mm-hmm. with me on the center of my heart. And then God being like up in heaven saying, that's my kid. Yeah. <laughs> there, like, yeah. She's a little lost, but she'll get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to see how patient he was with me. Um, so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I'm I'm even thinking about like my own story with him because it's kind of the opposite of you, but also the same. Like mm. I didn't necessarily grow up in a super Christian household. We were kind of, we were dragged to church and, uh, and I, I hated church. I <laughs> hated church. Like we had to dress up and uh, it, it was not a fun experience for me. I had attended a couple like kind of what we do. We do MSM downstairs during some of the services. Mm. So I attended like a middle school service a few times with those kids and like no one talked to me and like I didn't connect with the leaders. And I was like, I literally dread like you're taking a weekend day from me. And I'm, yeah. I, I know this is a common story for a lot of people, mm. but like I didn't grow up, grow up Christian. I know no one grows up Christian ne- necessarily, but I didn't grow up there. And then God continued to pursue me like what ended up happening in, in my story was I was diagnosed with Crohn's at eighth grade, uh, which is a, a stomach disease. Um, 
it has led to a lot of, of jokes um, <laughs> that we I'm will sorry. not share on I'm the sorry. podcast. But it is a, it's yeah, okay. yeah, it's a, <laughs> there's a sense of humor about it. And, and it has led me to a lot of laughter and a lot of um, healthy embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And from there, I uh, lost a ton of weight in the hospital and was cut from the baseball team like a couple years later. And baseball was my life. Like I loved baseball. I was a pitcher only because I couldn't, I couldn't hit for anything. Like I couldn't no, hit a beach ball. No, because you were really good at pitching. Them. I actually wasn't. That's the thing though. I wasn't that good at pitching. I'm trying to help you. No, thanks. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's part of it. And so I felt like, oh, God's taking away my health. He's taking away like uh, baseball from me. Mm-hmm. But what was happening was like he made space for me to pick up the guitar. And so I started playing the guitar. And to be honest with you, this is, this is we're, we can be authentic here. We can be vulnerable yeah. here, Hannah. I just wanted a girlfriend. I'm not going to lie. I picked <laughs> up that guitar, the acoustic guitar, because I wanted to sing a song and, and get a girlfriend. And let me tell you, it worked. Okay. And so we, we started learning and what actually happened, what was a sinful and prideful desire, God then turned for his glory. He redeemed it for his glory um, and led me to youth group senior year. Uh, Daisy tracked me down. Somehow he figured out that I could play guitar and he's like, <laughs> you, you, you only like he was telling me earlier, he's like, every seven years you get a dude who can sing. And so I didn't have an option with you, man. I had, I had to perceive. And that was God working over the course of five years. And over those five years, I was so angry with God. I was so like, why would you take these things away from me? Um, but it led me to that aha moment that you also had, which was like, oh, this is what God has been doing this whole time. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Um, And now he invites us into these three verses where he's saying, you actually get to be a slave to God that will lead to sanctification, which will find its end in eternal life. And that's not something I had, you know, six years ago. That's not something that I had pursuing baseball or pursuing guitar or girls or anything else. And I love that that is what God's doing. And so I think it's so special to be able to share our our stories on the podcast for you guys. And we just encourage you guys, share your stories in your life groups this week. Share what God has done for you because it sets the tone for your your people in there. It sets the tone that I can share my crap. Can I say that? I can share my crap here. I can share my uh, failures. I can share the vulnerabilities and be authentic with you because that's exactly what God invites us into. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And preface your group with that. Say, hey guys, this is a group where we can be open. This is a group where we can be honest with each other and help each other grow. Um, And so I would encourage you guys, pray about those things. Anything else you want to add here, Hannah, before I wrap up? No, not more than what you already said. The power of a testimony is, um, that's what it is. It's so powerful. Um, Like leading at YA, seeing girls just like slowly open up in Bible Mm. study. And it's because the like fellow leaders around them are saying like, no, it's okay. I messed up. (laughs) I messed up too. Like it's okay to be vulnerable because you're not the only one. And uh, on top of that, there's no condemnation and it just fills the room with so much love and Mm -hmm. so much grace. And that's how God has designed us to grow, right? Like I'm reading this book called How People Grow. I would recommend it for any life group leader, but it is blowing my mind. And it says there's three things that people need to grow. They need grace, they need relationships, and they need time. Um, And that grace is the first part is just understanding shoot, I can't help myself. I don't have it in me to help myself. I need a power from outside of me. I need God to 
give the Holy Spirit to the Holy Spirit to dwell in me and fill me and control me and uh, empower me to be a better person. And then those relationships are that second key point, which is what we talk about literally all the time at Adventist Grace. We're a relation, relationally driven church and uh, we want to build joy-filled communities of faith and live the abundant Christian <laughs> life with our community, all that stuff. We want to live in community with believers with yet to believe and in a relationship with God because that is where spiritual development actually happens. And so what a privilege it is to sit in life group this week uh, and to think about, okay, what are the things that help people grow? Acceptance and grace and truth, because that is how God, that is, is how God has designed us to grow. So my final encouragement for us before we dive into questions and wrap this thing up is I want to encourage you guys this week. Take some time to pray for your group before going in. If you have life group on Tuesday, spend Monday, spend 30 minutes praying for your people by name. Um, I've heard it said before by a wiser man than me, uh, his name is Jason Ashdown, that you can only draw water according to how deep the well is dug. So dig it deep um, with prayer, with R1 and your personal time spent with him. You can only take people to where you've been yourself. And so dig that well deep so that you can draw water so you can pour it into other people's cups this week uh, as broken vessels for Christ. So three practical questions that we think uh, will help engage people in discussion this week. I'm gonna hit us off with the first one real quick. It is, what is sitting on the throne of your heart? Whoa. Mm. We never asked that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Second question. Where have you seen fruit come from your actions? Good or bad? Now this goes off for the second one because it's all the first question. Sorry. Um, Good or bad? Be vulnerable. Share the highs and the lows. Yeah. Yep. And finally, we have uh, what what does it mean to be set free from sin? What does that actually mean? What does that look like? How do we how do we? actually view our relationship to sin. And if you want to, you can you can listen back to the previous podcast, but it says that we are dead to sin. You can reread uh, some of the, like Romans 5, Romans 6. It says we are completely dead to sin and we are to count ourselves dead to sin. And so as we wrap up, I want to give a huge shout out to my friend Zach Surface, Woo! the cornhole partner. Hey, men, if you are free April 30th, come throw some bags with us. <laughs> I promise you, I'm going to promise you this one thing. Uh, I will beat you. And I will take that prize. But come through. It's going to be great. Humility is next. Um, We're going to be studying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, practice humility and acceptance. Uh, Okay, come through, play cornhole with us. This is a great opportunity for you guys to bring yet to believe dudes into this opportunity. We're going to cook some meat, cook some hamburgers, hot hot dogs. It's going to be great. And uh, yeah, thank you, Zach Surface, for what you do behind the scenes. Uh, Big shout out there. Okay, so whether you are working out at the gym, you're cleaning the house, mowing the lawn, driving the car, whatever you like to do while listening to podcasts, we hope you feel equipped and ready to walk through the text with your group this week. And as always, do your prep, let the Spirit lead you, and know that you are one who is sent by God this week. To your family, your school, your work, your coffee shop, to the gym, to soccer, uh, to, to football practice <laughs> where, wherever your pray watch community might be and wherever God invites you to go where you were sent to be living proof of our loving God yeah Hannah and I love you all we're praying for you and we will catch you next time on the text lab